I'm spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Welcome to a new spin on autism. Answers with host and international speaker and performer, Lynette Louise. Besides working on her doctorate in psychophysiology, Lynette has raised eight children, six adopted, and four of them falling somewhere on the autism spectrum. Laugh with her, cry with her, as she talks to both experts and parents and takes you through the often confusing, sometimes frustrating, sometimes overwhelming, but always fascinating world of autism. Well, hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. And we have a wonderful show today. Actually, we have a robotic show of sorts. Um, I'm really excited to get to that part. And, and, and before I do that, let me remind you that you have to stay to the very end of the show because at the very end of the show, we have stories from the road. And maybe or maybe not just before that, the great guest giveaway because, you know, that's that piece that I'm not always able to fit in. So we'll see how it goes, okay? You just hang in there with me. We're going to have a lot of fun. And before I get talking with them, I want to um, explain to you why I'm having this guest on. When I was raising my kids, I had a son who just loved the Terminator. He just loved the idea that maybe he could have metal for bones and oil for blood, and he could be strong, and he could be reliable. And he never saw the part of the Terminator that was like this like destroying, horrible monster so much as he saw that he could count on himself to be able to operate under all conditions. And he wanted to be strong and he wanted to be just like that. Well, it was a fixation of his, and we worked with it. And it's something that comes up a lot in the autism community is do you work with the problem or do you fight the problem? Do you say, hello, Mr. Terminator, would you please come in for breakfast? Or do you say, you know, stop that. Stop being a Terminator. You're not a Terminator. You're a human being. Well, I think we're going to talk to somebody pretty cool today because we're going to talk to somebody who's bridging the gap between Stop that, you're not a Terminator, and uh, okay, the whole family is now robots. So there's a way to take a problem, work with it, and make something uh, better. So today's question is, why do kids that are on the autism spectrum sometimes prefer toys? To people. Now, I say sometimes because I don't believe that that's actually true, and we might get into why I don't believe that. But let's find out what our answer might be. Today's guests are, and I hope I say this right. If not, I'll have him repeat his name, uh, Dr. Olivia Jobert and Alia Pyros. Um, they're, they're from a company that actually I originally talked with um, the doctor quite a few months ago, almost a year ago, and we chatted on Skype, and he showed me his robot that they're working with, and it's really adorable, and I, I was really the whole time thinking, geez, I, I need to do a show with them, I need to do a show with them, but, but his accent was so heavy, I only understood half of what he was saying, because he's officially very French. So I, uh, I'm so excited that we have two people on, and that way if we get into any trouble with his very sexy, very gorgeous accent, um, we have somebody here who can help us who's his assistant. So this should be marvelous. Um, six weeks ago, Aldebaran Robotics launched the Ask Nao. I don't know if they pronounce it. Um, Olivier, do you pronounce it uh, Nao or Nile? No. Now. There's that beautiful accent. Okay. Ask Now initiative to drive special education into the future. Okay, so I'm just going to read this intro that they gave me because, you know, I usually do it off the cuff, but I'm trying to act very professional today because they're a big company. The Ask Now solution is focused on assisting teachers with in-class tasks and helping children with autism reach new levels of greatness. Okay, and I think we all like that idea of children reaching new levels of greatness. Speaking of which, my son just got engaged, so we're all really excited about his new level of greatness. All right, so the solution includes a user-friendly robotic assistant to, to support teachers and provide a friend for children. Okay, I'm reading this, but it's not really giving you a picture of it. Okay, there's this really cute little 
robot. It's this little white guy. He's very adorable. Um, it's like they took the best parts of Star Wars and turned it into a teeny little non-intimidating robot that the kids can count on um, and talk with and respond to. And there are some YouTube links, and I will put these links into uh, the website for you guys to have a look at because um, – you just want to have this guy and take him home. You really do. And it, I'm pretty excited about the way they created him and how he presents. So instead of just reading, I'm going to let them tell you. Hi, welcome. Hello, Dinesh. How are you? This I'm is fine. You know that. Uh, I hope I didn't talk too fast for you. I'm like trying to get through the opening so that we can get to the part where we're talking. That was just perfect, Lynette. Okay, okay, good. So why don't you describe, let's start with, um, this is a story show. We love to tell stories about the motivations that people have and how people got involved in the things that they got involved in and why they think it'll help. So I do want you to tell me and describe uh, your little robots and, and talk about the company and the initiative. I absolutely want you to do that. But please, tell me first, how did you end up doing this? Like, why are you building a robot for autistic kids? Um, actually, everything started uh, with Bruno Maisonnier. Bruno Maisonnier being the CEO of Aldebaran Robotics. And from uh, the very start, he's kind of passionate by robots. And he wanted to design humanoid robots for the well-being of humankind. Um, so he started a few years ago. And at the very start, he just got this platform, this robotic robot, and he started to work with researchers and with universities and with uh, high schools. And some of the researchers that we were working with, uh, for instance, the University of Notre Dame, University of Connecticut, uh, Vanderbilt, started to use now in interaction with children with autism, and they started to show very promising results. So from this uh, kind of um, start um, of research, we say, okay, maybe here there is something to do, actually, to really help humankind, to really help children with autism. And so we started to develop around now uh, a solution to help teachers and to help children with autism at getting a better life, at reaching new level of greatness. This is really what we are looking for. So, yeah, every, everything came from first pioneer researchers started to investigate this, uh, this field and these topics. So you said he had a fascination with robotics. Has he got a little bit of autism spectrum fascination? Or is he – no, I'm serious because it's a, it's a legitimate question. A lot of the um, higher-functioning autistic people are very into this sort of thing. So anybody on your team like that? Uh, I mean – he has never been diagnosed uh, as someone with autism, but this is true that I met few people, uh, Asperger's, who say, you know what, Bruno seems to have some kind of actual, uh, but, I mean, we don't know, we don't know. Uh, I mean, for sure, considering the prevalence rate, we have some people in the company who are autistic, and, and this is great. Yes, it's very great, and, and I've asked you for a very real reason. I mean, you know, it's, it, it's a big thing in the world, you know, is it a tragedy to have autism, is it a, is it a gift to have autism, it's just what it is, right? Yeah, you, exactly. you take what you are and you work with it, and it's not either of those things. Okay, wonderful. So tell me for yourself, what made you want to do this? Um, do you believe in fate? Oh, I, no, actually, I believe in a manifested universe. Okay. So I believe that actually when I saw your first email, I knew we were supposed to do something together. I don't know if this is the extent of it, but um, that's why I tried to connect with you in France and why we're interviewing, because I believe that I give myself what I need to move forward. So I don't believe in fate, but I'm sure many of my um, listeners do. Go ahead and share. Yeah. Uh I'm just asking this question because this is true. I mean, at the very start, nothing predicted that I would join Aldebaran Robotics. Um, I'm a researcher. Um, I've done, I got a PhD in neuropsychology uh, in the University of Toulouse, France. And at the end of my PhD, I got the opportunity to join the MIT uh, in the Brain and Cognitive Science Department. 
And when I was there, I was working on trying to understand the brain, for sure, but on some very visual memory aspect. I was not focused at all on autism. And my, during my second year of postdoc, uh, I have been lucky to be funded by the Simons Foundation Initiative, which is really focusing on trying to understand better what is autism and how to help children with autism. And this second year of my postdoc has been kind of a trigger, and I get this understanding that, okay, I can do some research, but I prefer to do some clinical research where the results will be at some point usable for a clinical aspect for therapy and so on, rather than holding on very basic research. So that was my first contact, let's say, with people with autism, and that just changed my life. And at the end of the second year of my postdoc, I just met a guy who was uh, the CEO of Aldeban Robotics, and he just told me, you know what, we are starting this project. We want now to be able to help children with autism, and we don't want to go with a business guy. We don't want to go with a marketing guy. We want to go with someone who is passionate and would be ready to talk to children, parents, teachers, and so on. And this is how I joined the company uh, two years ago now. That's awesome. And is that what you mean when you say it changed your life or something even deeper? That, that, that's, that's a wall, that's you know. This is just like I didn't know I would go into business, but now I'm in business, but in smart business. I'm not just selling, uh, I don't know, a vacuum or a car. I'm selling an amazing robot that at some point can help teachers and children in school. And I really feel that now I'm in the right place um, regarding myself and my own interests and regarding the world and how we can help them. And so tell us about your robot. And, and have Alia pipe in anytime she wants. You're, this is great. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, I'm actually on the other line, too, so I can pipe in whenever. Okay, well, you are, you are welcome to just give your two cents anytime you feel like we're not doing a good job or you just feel passionate and want to say something. Will do. Okay, so tell us about the robot, guys. What do you think about asking Nao to present himself? Well, can we do that? Have him yes. introduce himself. <laughs> um, I'm My not name sure. is Nao. I'm a humanoid robot imagined and manufactured by Aldebaron Robotics. I come with a software and I'm fully programmable. I'm autonomous, and I can connect to the Internet through Wi-Fi. I can recognize your face, answer your questions, play music, grab objects, and even play soccer like a pro. Oh, my gosh, no, you're awesome. 3,500 brothers and sisters in use all around the world in universities and research labs. Do you want more technical details? No. Well... I guess that's enough for the moment. Thank you for listening to me. That's wonderful. <laughs> that was no. That was wonderful. Now, could I ask now a question? Uh, right now, no, because oh, now it works. He needs to be kind of pre-programmed. Just tell us how he worked. What could he do for us? So, actually, he can do a lot of different things. So. That's just, that's kind of uh, like a computer, you know. You will be able to program it, and based on what you have done on the computer or what you have done here on the robot, uh, now, in that case, will start to behave and to act accordingly to what you have asked him to do. So this is actually what we have do done for the AskNow initiative. We just went with now and we developed tons of behaviors. Some of them are um, ABA-inspired behaviors. Some of them are teach. Some of them are pecs. Some of them are search. We are not on one side or another. We don't belong to a church. We just think that the best teachers are the ones who understand the children, and the ones who just get the right um, therapy, the right approach to help, at best, children with autism. If you want to go with uh, neurofeedback, this is good. If you want to go with traditional approach, this is good. Once again, the most important is just to understand 
um, the child and to um, act accordingly. I, I'm sure that you know that and that you yes. totally believe in that, <laughs> right? Yes, of course. Of course. So let's, but let's make this tangible. I'm trying to, because I'm imagining, what if I had a, him and I took him with me into homes and I was doing neurofeedback and play, which is what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I can see a place for, for something like this and, and saying, okay, you did your session. How about we work with Niall for a bit? So um, let's say that I had a child who... Their, their, their fixation was to rewind, for example. This is a pretty common one where they get any kind of technology in their hands and it looks at first like it's a good thing, but then all they want to do is get that technology to do the same action over and over and over again and they just sort of stim with it. Um, I have my own opinions about that. I, I work with it. I make it a, a plus rather than a minus. But how would we prevent that with, with the robot? Would they be able to just get the robot to do the same behavior a, a zillion times and not really move forward in their learning? So, the, so there is a few things that I want to uh, precise here. Um, so far, we don't think that now can replace teacher. That's just a teaching tool. So what you do with now is what we would do with another teaching tool. That's the first thing. Um, the second thing that I want also to precise is that so far now is not available for families at all. Uh, the reason is that we prefer to uh, first gather some feedbacks from teachers, from carers, from um, doctors to get a better understanding of what is the best way to use now. And later, I think we'll try to make now available for families at home with a, a more affordable price. Um, now about your question, um, because that's just a teaching tool, now should be used to open some doors in autistic brain, uh, meaning that now doesn't have to be used by itself. This is kind of a triangle where the robot now, the teacher, and the child are working all together. Uh, and this is a, ni- a nice way to avoid uh, repetition, stereotype behavior, and so on, because that's not the interaction between now and the child. That's interaction between three different entities. Um, and we have um, seen pretty good results so far with that. And that's, also that's awesome, actually. Technology to be able to do the same action over and over and over and over without starting to lose its patience or getting bored or starting to kind of put those subtle hints into their dialogue that can kind of throw the child off and give them that kind of extra stimulation that is really helpful for them to learn. Okay, and so why do you think that um, it'll be better learning from now than just the teacher itself? Itself. Now I'm calling the teacher an itself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, uh, we don't think that now will be better than a teacher. Uh, that's just two different ways to approach the child. And this is just because the teacher and now and the child will work together that we'll get the best of the best in terms of education. Uh, if for some reason uh, now can help at opening some doors, at bridging the gap, at kind of awaking some children, this is great. Uh, we don't think that now will be useful for every child, for some children that will work, and from my experience, I would say that 70% of the children are interested by uh, working with now and are kind of excited uh, to work with now. Um, let me give you an example. Uh, we, we are working with three different schools uh, over the world uh, very closely. This is our pilot test where we have some nows and we try to understand uh, to improve the solution, to improve now and to get the best of the best. And one of the child was uh, apraxic. He had some very uh, big issue uh, in, about, um, in terms of speaking and asking questions. But when we put now in the room, you, you, you could see his eyes. There was just like sparkles everywhere. He, he was kind of excited. There was something new coming in his world. And for sure, he was still not able to talk, but he had already this huge interest. And when we started to interact with now, I think that in his mind, he understood, okay, if I want to interact with now, I have to give him some vocal command. 
And so in few weeks, he started to say, I, I, I want, and, and then I want robots. And because he, he was loving when Nao was dancing, at the end, after a few weeks, he was saying, I dance, I want dance. And Nao understood him, and Nao started to dance. And it was just like amazing, because we open the doors, we just make him confident enough to try to go out of his own world. And that's just this kind of success that makes us keep going on this project. So I actually that's think really, yeah, just triggering some process in the mind, opening some doors, and that's just what we try to do. I think that's a perfect example of, um, number one, one of the things that we often forget to do is create a very exciting, very motivating situation for kids. And so when uh, the toy comes along or the robot comes along and it excites them already, they're firing a different kind of stimulation and balance and focus in the brain, and so they're able to perform at a different level. And I believe that's part of why you'll see a child able to do a skill in one moment that they can't do in another. It's the motivator is, is missing. And so if now can come along and be motivating right there, you've already got um, another piece of it. But your description and your story are so exciting because it's more than that. There's, there's a lack of rejection by a, a toy or a robot that will repeatedly behave the same way so the child doesn't have to take it personal or feel like, you know, I did something wrong. Um, so I could go on and on about psychological motivators and reasons why this is a very exciting and good thing to have. But the main thing was right in your story, and you said it so well, and I'm going to re-say it for you. I hope you don't mind before we go into break. And that is that the child knew that to get the robot to do it, he would have to speak or perform a function that the robot could recognize. Children don't know that of people because people aren't consistent enough. <laughs> you know, we go, you know, we get tired of waiting. The robot won't. So <laughs> we get tired of waiting, and so we answer for them, or we leave the room, or, you know, we say, oh, I guess you don't want it, whatever. The, so the child takes so much effort to get this word out, and we've already gone, you know, shopping. So here is this opportunity to not take it personal, not feel rejected, but get your ducks in a row and get that word out, and sure enough, you're going to get the reward. They won't have become impatient with you because it's a robot. So I... I see a great deal of value here. I'm very excited by it, and I'm also excited by the triangle of teacher and robot. So we're going to come back on that. But I have to tell everybody that we're going to break just so that they know they, they are listening to a new spin on autism, Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, otherwise known as the Brain Broad. <laughs> Stay with us for the whole show because at the very end, I'm going to tell a story that brings all of this together and makes it even more inspiring. And that's on Stories from the Road. And just before that, we may or we may not have a surprise. Okay, okay, okay. It's a great guest giveaway. All right, now that I've done all my silly voices and I've told you all that. I want to bring us back to our great discussion, and I'm afraid I'm ruining their names. So can you say your, um, both of your names and the name of your company for me? Yeah, for sure. So my name is Olivier Joubert. Isn't that gorgeous? Olivier Joubert. <laughs> okay, and? <laughs> and I'm Aaliyah Pyros. And the name of your company is? Aldebaran Robotics. Aldebaran Robotics. It's not really. Like. Now you say it, Aaliyah. <laughs> Aldebaran <laughs> Robotics. Yeah, see, very different. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry, I had to play with that. It's, it's very fun to have this. It's okay, I like to play on that too. <laughs> <laughs> you have a great, it's a great French accent. It's just gorgeous. Okay, so let's, since we've had so much time talking to you, let's get to Alia for a second and let's come back on um, <clears throat> just this whole idea of the, the robot being so consistent and, and reliable, and yet the teacher, of course, is a human being and a little less so, and now you have a triangle. And I think this is a, um, a lovely concept that I haven't heard of um, when talking about, you know, robots and play before with autism. So what are your opinions about that? What do you see as the benefits? Well, I actually come from um, my mother has was a teacher 
for special needs. So I've kind of been around the whole kind of teaching aspect of it before, um, mm-hmm. and I know that it's it's a very large struggle for teachers to be able to not only be the one in front of the classroom who are presenting the lessons and kind of helping them to grasp onto these concepts that they're having trouble holding on to, and also being the person who's sitting next to them and encouraging them and really helping them to get over the hurdles that they're facing with taking the next steps in their education. So what's really awesome about now is he allows the teacher to kind of take a step back and not have to be the person in front of the spotlight and really just sit back and let the children learn from now and the teacher kind of sit back and help them. Well, actually, as you, it's, it's interesting how when you put two brains together, you come up with a new understanding. Um, when you said that, I know that for myself, when I'm working uh, in homes or in <laughs> professional settings, one of the things that is really useful is the art of observation. And so for the teacher to have the attention taken over to the robot, it gives the teacher a position of the invisibility at, at some level where she can sit and actually observe and know her students in a new way that you can't know when you're the primary person that's doing the responding. Um, and she may, he or she, sorry, don't want to be sexist about teachers, he or she may or may not come to um, you know, a greater awareness of the student and then be able to work that into the teaching. Had you thought about that angle? Yeah, clearly. Uh, once again, because now it's part of a triangle with teacher and children, one of the strongest ideas here, um, in addition to opening some doors uh, in the brain, is to say now, now is taking care of all the things that might kind of boring or very repetitive or at some point exciting with the reward. And so in a way that the teachers now have a lot of time and uh, can just focus his own attention or her own attention on, on the child. And so this is really now the teacher and the child just working together to answer the question that now could ask or to uh, do together some uh, gesture or some uh, or showing the right pictures to now when now he's asking for for, for, for pictures like for instance a picture of uh, of a horse for instance so this is really that now being helpful for the children opening some doors and helpful also for the teachers giving the teacher more time and more um, space to focus on the child focusing on understanding the child and trying to guide him as best. What does NOW stand for, by the way? Stand for nothing, actually. So Ask NOW is Autism Solution for Kids by NOW. Uh, NOW, uh, at the very start, was the name of the project, so what we call the project code. Uh, and we decided to go with this name because it was at the time of uh, Matrix with NEO, and we started to play with that, and we figured out that now, now was kind of very close, and we had some nice opportunity to do uh, marketing, branding, like the future is now, for instance. Uh, right. So the name comes from that, but doesn't stand for anything. Oh, but I love that, the future is now. That's awesome. Um, Perfect. Well done. And I didn't even catch that. Okay. Um, so I'm looking at your initiative here, and it looks like you're trying to get feedback. So you want to give me one of these guys to take around? Uh, we would love to, but unfortunately, we still <laughs> have to survive, and so we cannot uh, give away some robots everywhere. However, this is something that we are doing. In some of the schools we want to work with, we partner with, like the, these three different schools, uh, we decided for sure to uh, provide them some robots uh, to get some feedbacks. Um, unfortunately, we cannot do that with every school, uh, but very soon I hope we'll be able to be kind of more, um, not flexible on that, but actually at least to reward people who are very into this adventure. And, and I think that maybe, Alia, maybe you would like to say a few words about the community and, uh, and uh, what we try to do around now? Of course. So as you see on our website, we have a whole section dedicated to our community which we are kind of building 
this vast community around not only our LDEBR and team members, but also developers, autism experts, parents, teachers, really anyone who is passionate about helping children with autism better themselves. So what we're looking to do is kind of have teachers, parents come on and really help use their imaginations and their personal experiences to come up with different applications that we can run through now. So the teachers come on and they say, like, we would really like to help our students work with communication aspects. It would be awesome if you could do an app that taught them how to sing this song because it's really beneficial to them. So our developers come in then and create the specifications to make these applications a reality on now. So we invite and anyone who's interested to come to our website it's, and help us better now. Actually, um, parents and professionals, that's a call to action because <clears throat> so often we have complaints that, you know, we don't have enough input or nobody's doing and the researchers aren't giving us what we want, but apparently they will listen if you are willing to take a few minutes, go to the website and try to put in any ideas you might have. So please, please, please do that. Do that. Please get on the website and uh, give them your opinion. And you guys might get inundated. You never know. We might get lucky. My people might feel like becoming a part of this initiative. I'd really like to, to have that be true. Um, the more people that help us, the better we can make now for the kids. And that's kind of our no, goal is they bring all these people together to benefit the kids. Well, absolutely. And one of the, the goals... Um, of mine is to bring the professionals and the parents and the parent professionals all into the same arena and have everybody speaking the same language because so often uh, you hear everyone talking about uh, the other group saying, you know, they're not listening. So here's a, <laughs> here's a place and, and you're calling now the bridge and I like that because yes, it gives so us perfect. an opportunity. So you bring the teachers and we'll bring the nerdy developers and we'll have a party. All right, and I'll bring the parents. <laughs> because that's a, it's an issue, you know. Very often in the schools, what's taught doesn't generalize to the home. And that's something that, um, you know, that needs to be dealt with, that it's not really much good if the child can do something in the academic environment but can't function outside of that. So I'm hoping that now is a really big bridge. It's, it's very exciting. Um, okay, we're close to the end, and I want to make sure that you get to say, Anything that you really, really wanted to say, uh, make any points that you really, really wanted to make. So the floor is y'all's. What, what would you like to leave everybody with or make us all aware of? Or how would you like to send them to your website? Or what, what, would, you, what would you, this is your moment. This is your, your shining light moment. Say what you want to say. Wow, we want to enjoy this moment. <laughs> <laughs> so... I think that, I mean, the most important thing that we wanted to say, we already talked about that, this is really, we are kind of experts in robotics and at some point in autism, and we try to develop a solution that might help at the same time teachers and children with autism, but also at some point other children with other disabilities at making some progress. Now, we also know that we cannot do everything by ourselves. And I think that the, uh, what Alia was talking about is most, maybe one of the most important things. We need parents, we need teachers who are also their own expertise of the children. They spend 24 hours a day with them. And so thanks to these skills, we will be able to develop more applications, more behaviors that will impact us now and will impact the way now is able to interact with the children. So this is really not something that we want to do on our own. This is kind of a big adventure that we would like to do all together. We already have some partners from in Japan, in China, in Mexico, uh, in France. And if everyone is working together, everyone is bringing his own piece of skills, developers and teachers, we can just change the world. We can change just special education for the best. And this is what we, we are looking for. Um, please come on our website, asknao, A-S-K-N-A-O, .aldebaron-robotics.com. You will find all the information available about NAO. You will find some research. You will find some testimonials. And on one of the pages, there is a Contact Us button where you can fill a form 
and contact us for extra information or for subscribing to the, uh, and joining the community. Uh, and it would just be great to have as many people as possible providing our feedbacks to impact this solution. And we will try our best to um, listen at all these feedbacks and developing them and putting them on now so now we can have new skills and help even more and more kids. This is really the, the, the key for us. That's wonderful. And would we be able to say goodbye to now? Lynette, once again, you have been amazing. Thanks for the invitation. Ready for another one whenever you want. See you soon. <laughs> I'll see you soon, too, Nile. That was fantastic. What a great little robot you have. Good manners, kind, and really good taste. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for being here, everybody. You too now. Thank you, Olivia. Thank you, Alia. Um, I will put a link to your website so they can check you out. Parents, 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 tell your teachers, 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 and give input, input, input. All right. Thanks. Thank you very much, Nett. That was uh, once again great to be with you and, and to, to help at some point at spreading the word uh, around what we are doing. Um, we really appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. That was Dr. Olivia Joubert. Oh, and also Alia Pyros. The important thing to remember here is that the future is now. N-A-O. So the future is now. Okay, 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 okay. It is time for the great guest giveaway. Don't you just love that? I think the reason I do the podcast is so I can say stuff like that. That's really fun. Okay, remember who you're listening to, by the way. This is a new spin on autism answers. And our question of the day, I've forgotten it's been so long, but I'm sure it has something to do with consistency. You have to be consistent. <laughs> Actually, I just made that up now. Oh, it's going to be fun. All right, so for our great guest giveaway, we have somebody who's super awesome, Dr. Mary Lynch Barbara. Okay? Now, mom, the, one of the good things is she's a mom. She's a mom of a teenage son with autism. So she gets it. She gets us. She knows our problems. She's board-certified analyst and author of, that's how she got on the great guest giveaway, uh, Verbal Behavior Approach, How to Teach Children with Autism and Related Disorders. She's worked with hundreds of children on the spectrum, as have I, as have many of us, so we all know so much we want to share. We can't help ourselves. Okay, Mary, thank you for being here. Thank you, Lynette. Oh, you're more than welcome. All right, so let's get into it. So tell me something. You're, um, you're a doctor, a doctor of? Well, I have a Ph.D. in leadership, which I obtained just um, two years ago. I, I actually got started um, in 1999. I say I fell into the autism world in 1999 when my firstborn son, Lucas, was diagnosed with autism a day before his third birthday. And at the time, I had a master's degree in nursing administration, so um, so I learned all I could about how to help Lucas and um, started a, a full 40-hour week applied behavior analysis ABA program for him in my basement and did that for a couple of years. And, and so somewhere along the way in 2000 or 2001, um, Someone recommended that I look into becoming a board-certified behavior analyst, so um, a couple of years later, I got certified as a BCBA and started working with other children. So it's been quite a journey and switched my whole career and, and everything, and when my husband first mentioned the possibility of autism when Lucas was 21 months old, I said I never, ever wanted to hear the word autism again. And so it's kind of ironic because now... Because you have I heard it and heard it. I write it. I would like to count one day how many times I, um, you know, say it, speak it, write it, and um, certainly... What is it? Never say never, right? Yeah. So, so <laughs> Who knew James Bond had it down? Okay. So, all right. So, all right. So, you had the same journey as so many of us. Yes. What was your biggest gem that you learned? I know that's a ridiculous question uh, because, of course, there's a million. But go ahead and just pull the one that came to mind. Yeah. The biggest gem. Any behavior can be shaped and learned, and and. Um, yeah, not to say that every child can make the kind of progress that we would love to see. You know, I say in my book that I 
had dreams of a recovery party for Lucas and, you know, very black and white thinking early on. But, you know, my vision for him has changed. Um, and so I've become more accepting. But, you know, if there's a, if there's a behavior, if there's a problem behavior or a skill deficit that I know as a behavior analyst, I can, I can make moves towards changing that and shaping that into something more appropriate. Okay, and speaking of step-by-step and and changing and going straight for skills, um, what drew me to you was so just to let you know, earlier in the show we were talking with some people that have a robot that's there as an assistant teacher, and it's delightful, by the way. It's a delightful robot, very polite and sweet and cute and looks a lot like something that the kids would love and respond to. And... um, would be tireless in his approach to uh, skill acquisition or skill sharing. So I had seen a video of you working with Tag Teach. I think, were you working with your son in that video on YouTube? Yes, yes. There are, on my website, there's a link to over 30 blogs that I wrote over the years, and one of the blogs was um, is entitled Tag Teach and Autism, and it is me teaching my son, who was 14 at the time, how to tie his shoes using Tag Teach. Okay. Now, why this interested me so much, I'll give you a little backstory. is I had, um, you know, people write in to me all the time and ask my opinion of different therapies and whatnot, and that a while back, somebody had written in and asked me what I thought of Tag Teach because they had an older child, you know, in the 20s that was going to be doing a survey um, or rather, I'm sorry, a study, and in that study, he'd be doing tag teaching. Admittedly, at the time, I was like, I don't know what that is. I better look that up. Mm-hmm. And um, so I look it up, and I was watching videos and stuff, and I was really interested in tag teach because it's so completely diversely different from what I do. So I do just for your information, play and neurofeedback. So I use play therapy. Um, I don't do direct trial. I don't do the constantly, you know, this skill over and over and over and over again practice. I weave it into play constantly and and, mm-hmm. and, and in the environment. So when I was watching the tag teach, and, and because I work at homes, of course, I'm often working with ABA, so we're always mm-hmm. blending and, and right. taking turns and that sort of thing. And so when I saw the tag teach, I thought, this is so clear cut. It's mm-hmm. so clear-cut. It's much like the neurofeedback. When I use mm-hmm. the neurofeedback, there's a beep sound. When right. the brain is changing itself towards a more balanced state, it gets a reward. And the reward, reward is just a simple beep. Mm-hmm. It says, yep, go that way. Yep, right. change that way. And it's brilliant because there's no resistance and there's no judgment. There's just which is the right way and which isn't. And then I watch Tag Teach, and that's how it appeared to me. Right. Like, Simple information. So please describe it um, and your experience with it. I, I know that this isn't your big, big expertise, but certainly what I saw you do in that video is marvelous. So please okay. share. So TAG Teach is, teach, the TAG part stands for Teaching with Acoustical Guidance. So as you said, it's an it's a audible marker. That simply means that the task was correct. And it comes, TAG Teach is, basically clicker training for humans, whereas it was based off of Karen Pryor's clicker training with animals. So if you go to SeaWorld or something like that and, and the, the dolphin is supposed to jump up and, and touch something with their spout, then, you know, they do it and they hear a whistle. That simply means that was correct and you will get a fish as a reinforcement on the next time you come around so, because it's impractical to be feeding the fish at the top of where he actually touches the mark, you know. Right, so it, right. it's simply a yes. And Teresa McKeon, who um, uh, came up with the idea of tag teach, she was actually an international gymnastics coach. She bought a horse. This is back in the late 90s, I believe. She bought a horse, and it was a wild horse, and she could really was having difficulty taming the horse, training the horse. So she started looking into Karen Pryor's clicker training for this horse. She got the horse trained and, and sold the horse. And But as she was training the horse, she thought, for my little gymnastic little girls that come to me, um, this would be perfect because when they get their, you know, 
feet at the 12 o'clock position or whatever, I could give them an audible mark. At, uh, unlike most gymnastics coaches where, you know, they get their feet in the whatever position, they come off, and then the coach gives them feedback. Well, your feet weren't, weren't completely straight. But you don't, you don't, not in that position to feel what straight is and what straight isn't. So anyway, she started using the clickers for gymnastics. And then that's, that spilled over. And then she, she got a lot of resistance because people, um, in general, are like, I don't want to use animal techniques on my children. And what are you doing? You know, my, don't treat my child like a dog and that kind of thing. So she, um, worked with Karen Pryor and another couple of people and they came up with, tag teach instead of clicker training but it's basically the same concepts except for with animals you can't really use language you have to really break it down um with with kids with autism or with gymnastics you know with typically developing children of course you can say you know your feet need to be at a 90 degree angle or 100 you know you can give them more words with animals you can't get the words and and really with kids on the lower part of the spectrum kids that are are not using words and are not understanding basic concepts you have to get more closer to that no word use um but i've seen i got i kind of just didn't know what tag teach was either years ago and somebody mentioned it i googled it i thought well this seems really interesting they have an online course you can take um which i did and then i ended up um doing that presentation on shoe tying and doing a case study with lucas um because he was 14 and he's pretty um severely impacted by autism and you know people say well you know who cares just just have him use velcro shoes you know but he really doesn't have a lot of fine motor problems and when i had to figure out something for tag teacher present at a conference i thought you know what let me give it a try and see if I can teach him to tie his shoes. So, um, and that video, I, I don't think it's on my blog, but that video is about four minutes long on YouTube. And if you could just mm-hmm. Google tag teaching autism and shoe tying, you, you'd find the blog and the YouTube clip. But um, that was five-minute sessions, and all in total it only took me um, an hour and a half to teach Lucas to tie his shoes. So, you know what, in the end, then that goes into tying bathing suits, tying trash bags. There's a lot of tying skills that are functional for older people with, with you know, moderate to severe autism. So I wouldn't, just like I said in the beginning, you can teach anything. It's just, if you can't teach it, it's probably not broken down far enough. And that's one of the beauties of tag teaches. You break things very much down. And if they're not getting it, you have to think of a way, like for Lucas, the one part of making the bow like too big, you know, with the with the tying of the shoes. So he was having problems with that. So then I thought, okay, you know what, I'll put a piece of masking tape on both of the shoelaces and then the tag point will be, the direction will be tape to tape. And that way he won't get it wrong. He'll get it right. And it's something that I can measure. Oh, that's a little too big. That's a little too small. He doesn't understand that language. So breaking things down, and you're right, it is a lot like neurofeedback. I never thought of it like that, but that's exactly what it is. It's, it's giving yeah. that feedback. And, yeah, uh, it, it, it's totally. It, it was uh, yeah. my, I, my opinion on all of this sort of non-judgmental, non-opinionated uh-huh. uh, feedback system stuff to the kids is it gives them a chance to just plain learn without also processing our distracting language or our distracting emotional shifting or our inconsistencies. So I see the advantage to things like tag teach and, and robots or toys that mm-hmm. can, uh, can consistently give you the information that you need until you get it. I think a lot of kids that couldn't spell and couldn't read grasp it and get so much better the second they start texting or, or writing online and then mm-hmm. using spell check. Mm-hmm. Because nobody's saying, hey, dummy, I told you last time. <laughs> right. It's the other there that just redlines it and you go, oh, yeah, I forgot. Right. And you fix right. it. And you, you're patient with yourself because you're not embarrassed. There, there's so many bits and pieces to giving such plain, clear, yep, that's right, yep, that's right. And the, right. the clicker and was... And to be positive, you know, and that's another gem is is learning early on that 
people in general, especially children um, with disabilities, need eight positives to every negative. So if you're constantly saying, no, that's too big, that's too small, that's not right, so, you know, remember, said crisscross applesauce, yeah, it's like nag, 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 and people don't, don't do their best um, if you're not positive. So I am Absolutely. extremely positive in my approach and in breaking things down to make the student successful. So if the student isn't learning to tie shoes or isn't learning to read, it's not the student's fault. It's my fault because I haven't figured out how to break it down uh, far enough. Beautiful. Okay, okay, okay. It's time for the great guest giveaway. So what do you want to give away? Um, I would like to give away um, three books of uh, my verbal behavior approach, How to Teach Children with Autism and Related Disorders. Um, my book has been out since 2007, and it's actually uh, translated into several languages. Um, it's a great book for uh, novice people that have no experience with ABA or verbal behavior. Um, it's also a great book for more seasoned professionals or people that want to, that are like yourself, like doing other kinds of therapies that want to learn more about incorporating ABA and verbal behavior, which ver the verbal behavior approach is a type of ABA program. It's very positive, very much systematic, um, and very positive. Awesome. So, okay, so everybody, what you do, if you want a copy of that book, is you go and you email me, and in the subject line you put VB, okay? V like Victor, B like... Bob or V like verbal, B like behavior, because that's what it's going to stand for. Um, and you write to mom, not M-U-M, but M-O-M, -M, mom, number four, evermore. So it reads, mom forevermore, at Juno, J-U-N-O dot com. And then you say, I want the book. First three people get it. All right, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And do you have a website anybody can go to? Yes, I have a website, and there's a couple different ways to get there. So vbapproach.com might be the, the, the easiest for people that are listening. So V as in verbal, B as in behavior, approach.com. vbapproach.com will get you to my website. have lots of free information on my website for downloads. I have 30 blogs. I've got YouTube clips. Lots of great stuff, and I'm willing and we'll to put the it. link up, of course, in case you okay. you know don't want to don't have a pen and don't want to write it down because you're jogging while you listen. So uh, you can always go to the place you downloaded from, and there'll be a link there for all this stuff. Thank you so much, and thank you for being willing to share with us about your journey with your son and a little piece of how he learned through uh, using the clicker. Okay, I gotta let you go because I gotta close the show. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you so much. You. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Well, that was fun. That was so fun because when I saw that YouTube thing and I thought, wow, this is a great combination to talk about breaking things down and, and consistency of approach and that sort of thing. And really just knowing that I love uh, that she said, you can teach anything because Mary's right. You can teach anything. She's, she's got um, two first names, and so do I. It's very confusing. Mary Barbara. That's, that's lovely. I love it when someone else has the same problem I do. Okay, so we are now at Stories from the Road. And it is my time to put it all together. And actually, um, the question of the day was that why do kids prefer toys to people? I'm going to start with they don't. That's something that is what I would call a myth. And um, what it really refers to is that often children deal with our behavior and so end up choosing something that they can control and manipulate and feel comfortable with and get something from without risk of repercussion. So Mary set this up nicely. I'm going to go into it. I had um, the opportunity to meet a lovely woman uh, when I was training first in play therapy, and it, it was just kismet that I wasn't the only mom in the course because generally people that go and learn various therapies like KBA or 
play or whatever it is you're going to do with autism, they, um, they're children. In my, you know, I'm, come on, I was 40. Everybody else is 21, 19. They're children. So, so it was really awesome for me to have another grown-up, older person in my class who also had children of her own and who had also dealt with autism. So we were like the mature ones of the group, and we tended to hang out a little bit. Um, what was beautiful, this is a story from the road from somebody else's perspective because I actually wasn't involved in this story except um, as a person who was privy to it secondhand when she told it in past tense. But it really fits here. So there, she has a, had a son who was on the spectrum of autism and wanted to help him. And so she began to do a play therapy approach with him. And she learned it, and, and, you know, people came in and showed her how, and she became a part of it. And then he had a particular fixation, and his fixation was Pinocchio. Not the Pinocchio movie, but this Pinocchio toy that he had. When you wound up the toy and pushed the button, it would, to the tune of the Pinocchio song, it would do this stilted movements with the arms and the legs, like a little, you know, I want to be a real boy dance. And he would do this over and over and over and over and over again, very robotic looking. And so they began by joining him in that activity and doing it over and over and over again with him as well. And then whenever he would, you know, look at them or uh, touch them or uh, tell them they did it wrong, (laughs) you know, they would celebrate that and and connect with them. Um, And this was the sunrise approach that they were using. It was uh, how they began their journey with him and and really how they closed it out. So he actually came off the spectrum. Uh, I can't remember how long it took. But when I met his mom and we were in class together, whenever we had to do exercises that included uh, stims, we would end up doing this particular one together because it was just so fun. Why it came to mind today is because when I was looking at Niall, he, one of the things that they talk about for him is that he breaks it down in steps. You hear this? Breaks it down in steps. And so a lot of the time what happens when you're dealing with a human being is we have a million mannerisms. We have facial expressions. We have vocal tone sh- shifting. We uh, move our bodies. We turn our back. We, we do, you know, turn back around. Uh, my left arm, while I'm talking, my left arm is up. Uh, my knees are dancing. I'm, you know, and, and so... There's so much to look at that it is difficult to exercise those mirror neurons and get them firing in the right pathways, and they really aren't uh, generally in an autistic person. It's difficult to do that, to mirror, to, to gather yourself and organize your brain when it's so full of confusion and information for these children. And so one of the things that now does is breaks it down, and he'll just do, like, say, just the arm movement while they copy, or just the leg. And I thought, wow, how brilliant. How brilliant. It's like the Pinocchio dance. It immediately took me back to that. And it's one of the things I so often am doing with the kids, these one movement or two movement exercises that they have chosen, that they love, so that we can really connect and, and, and really make a friendship. Um, okay, so here we are. This, this mom worked with this little boy and, and danced like that with him over and over and over and over again. And I always had that in my mind. So cut to I graduate and I end up working with somebody. In, in this case, it's in Northern California. And I go in and lo and behold, she has a doll. It wasn't a Pinocchio, but it was a doll that has the same movement when you push, wind it up and push the button. Different song, different doll. Um, it was a Dora, actually. So Dora the Explorer would do this same movement as Pinocchio. So I found myself in this time warp situation where I'm doing the same thing. It's like I had trained all that time just for this one outrage. And this little girl... Her face lit up, and she became so animated so quickly. Now, she was young, so it was easy to reach her. But by the end of three days, now, granted, I'm also using neurofeedback, but by the end of three days, 
She's on my lap, and she's chatting with me. No word of a lie. Um, she was three years old, though. So she was younger, and it was easier to get it happening. But her whole family was jaw-dropping happy. So I just want to remind you that if you are sitting there thinking, wow, I don't want to break it down step by step. Come on, moms. I know you're thinking this. I know I was. I remember everybody telling me you have to break it down one step at a time to teach your son. And I'm thinking, how long will that take? If I have to teach him everything one step at a time, I'm going to be teaching him till he's 110. I can't do that. Come on, can't we multitask? <laughs> so I really, really resisted it early in. And I just want to tell you that one step at a time piles one lesson upon another and gets you there. Resisting one step at a time just leaves you in a big mess of resistance and you don't get anywhere but standing there doing the Pinocchio dance. So go for it. Um, watch the Tag Teach video that I'm going to put up because it really, whether you ever do Tag Teach or not, really does show you how one little message of, yes, you're doing it correctly, yes, you're doing it correctly, yes, you're doing it correctly, um, over and over repeated in the right action can completely teach something that you thought was unteachable. And remember, the main reason that this is a difficult for kids is because of the distraction that we create, that we create by giving the child repercussions and fear. So let's not do that, okay? They don't have to have repercussions for making a mistake. They could just have a new learning. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host otherwise known as the Brain Broad. You've been listening to a new spin on autism, Answers. Thank you for being here, because without you, I'd just be talking to myself. Thank you for joining the show today. Lynette is the author of the refreshingly honest and at times hilarious new book, Miracles Are Made, A Real-Life Guide to Autism. You can purchase this and other materials by looking on the webtalkradio.net website and clicking on the covers. You can also click through to her Facebook page and check out any show you may have missed by looking in the archives. We'll see you soon for another edition of a new spin on autism. Answers. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. Spinning in circles and talking to myself. I can't hear.